podcast. We're talking about it. Very many Monday chunkies. I'm Carter. Regrettably, still Doge. Jordan. I thought we were going to get a little bit James Blakey on that one. That was pretty fun. Well, I honestly didn't start with a plan and then about half a word in thought, should I try and do close every door? And then I was like, no. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That would have been fine. Yeah. But there's always, there's always tomorrow's episode. Always tomorrow's or episode. Plenty of, plenty, of, plenty of singing. Singing and singing. No dancing on a podcast, unfortunately. No, you can't. You can't dance on a podcast. And that's just the, that's a, an inherent weakness of the medium, I think. That's why nobody really bummer. likes these. Yeah, it's a big bummer. Guys, I've got a couple new ideas. I'm technically the surrogate of some new ideas today from one of my co-hosts. I'll just let the Chunkies guess who came up with these games. I guess that's fine. You know, the like yeah. game within the game. Uh, but one of the things that I want to do first is we've talked about, it's, you look back at our library and we've reviewed over 300 movies, I believe, um, which is bonkers, which is absolutely wild. And as much as we want to be a podcast of the people, we hardly ever go back to some of the reviews that we've done in the past, which is something I feel naturally happens as a moviegoer, especially someone who loves movies. There's certain movies that can grow on you. There's some that can go the opposite direction. Uh, I found myself maybe somewhere in the middle for the movie that we're talking about tomorrow. But what I want to do today in what we're going to call, I do want to call it redo, but it's R-E-D-I-E-W. It's like review, but it's a redo. 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 I guess if we pronounce it. And you. you. Yeah. Yeah. Redo. On some July releases of last year. Mm. Let's talk about mm. a couple of these movies and where we stand on our current. I, I, should we put it on the cinema scale again? Yeah. Or sure. yeah, let's re cinema. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. But let's start with Thor, Love and Thunder. This was, I remember the hype going into it for me was hey, we're already kind of getting pretty dense with our storytelling in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, at least we can just go have some fun now. Because uh, that tends to be what Taika does with most of his movies, but especially with Thor. Ragnarok was a big deal, and it was always going to be something that was tough to follow. And then we had Love and Thunder. I would say collectively, we did not like it as much as Ragnarok. Jordan, where are you? Are you about the same on Love and Thunder? Have you, has anyone watched it again since no, July I've of last year? I've not watched it again. Yeah, Do we remember what we rated this last year? You know, I meant to go listen. We have the technology. I'll pull it up really quick. We can pause the podcast while I, I do. to go listen. Hey, shout out to a couple members of our Discord that are going back through our entire library and recording, uh, putting on record the reviews that we've done for these podcasts. It's not something that you think of, you know, on that 20, 24th ep, 25th yeah. ep. But around 150, you start thinking about it. Right, well, maybe we should know this. It'd be kind of fun. Around episode 25 is about the time you're just like, do we know any more movies? And then you remember you do know a lot more movies. That you know a few do. more. Yeah. Chelsea was wearing her, one of her sleep shirts is the world tour, the Two Chunks world tour. And that span of time was pretty epic. Yeah. As I look back, like all that glitters, shiver me Septembers, feels like yeah. 
forever ago. And it we've been around long enough that it is it kind of is. Doge, what did you what did you find there for Love and Thunder? Jordan and I streamed it. You bought it. I. This sounds like a very Carter thing. And I'm beginning to wonder my worth at all <laughs> to this podcast. Hey, I buy the poster of you. That means wow. a lot. I rate you really high on our imaginary scale. Really you know, I love Garth Brooks. You know, that's my favorite Brooks song. Mm-hmm. I buy the poster of you. I love that. <laughs> I. It's not a buy. It's probably a rent. I think I still like it. Love and Thunder? More than the general public, but it's definitely not a buy. That's actually pretty wild. I wonder if I wasn't in my apathetic MCU era just yet. Mm. I think this was it. it Maybe that was the last one before it. <laughs> but I haven't watched it again. I think if it was a buy, I would have watched it again, right? Mm. Unless is the MCU one of those things where it's just too big? You feel like if you're going to go back and watch one thing, it's it's more attractive to have just a round up the troops and watch all of them or something, you know, or like watch an entire or phase. Or only watch the biggest ones or something. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like does it feel weird to go back and watch Ant-Man 2 and not an Avengers if you're right. going to rewatch an MCU? Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. I rated it a st- I rated it a stream and I think that is higher than it deserves. I I do not think that's a good movie. I think it was an enormous swing and a miss. I'm going to Probably forget it, honestly. Wow. I think I was too high on it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's the same for me. I'll probably call it a stream still, but it's a it's a low stream. I just don't I, I got no interest in it. I thought it was bad then. I think it's bad now. Um disappointing I'm, movie. Yeah, I'm thinking of the parts so, that, yeah. I, that I enjoyed the most, which was like seeing the council of the gods. The fact that the kids yeah. basically helped helped Thor win the battle, but that's not enough. Christian Bale was great. I yeah, really liked that character. But yeah, for yeah. all four minutes of screen time, he was awesome. Right, <laughs> wasn't enough for a buy. So maybe an interesting question when we when we redo our review is: we obviously watched this for the podcast last summer. Do you think you will ever in your whole life watch it one more time? Yeah, I bet I, do. I bet I do. I could see once more, maybe for me. Yeah, I've always thought there's going to be some epic watch them all, like multiple day event that I would have either by myself, yeah. hopefully with friends if I still have them. I'll come. I'll come. Thank you. Back when there were 20? unless you keep buying Thor: Love and Thunders when they come out. No, I told yeah, you, sure. I rent it. Back when there were twenty of them, I could see a big watch event. Yeah, but there's. About 800 of them now. And a bunch of TV shows. And a bunch of TV shows. Yeah, you're getting into your ultra marathon age. Yeah. That you're just like, oh my yeah. God. What an awful, I can't even imagine. I'm going to vomit. Like which days of my week would I even be able to give up for all of this? It's like, I have stuff that I have to do. <laughs> I have a job. I'm not going to take off work for this. It does this. feel like a waste at that point, doesn't it? it yeah. sure does. I would definitely, I would catch the uh, Infinity, uh, like in game. And yeah, that first run. Yeah, that would be fun. 100%. Yeah, but it definitely did. 100%. Shower a bit. The next movie that we had done, just some, I think it was the week after, was yeah. Nope. Um, and this is a movie, though, I have not watched it again. I have very much wanted to and just yeah, didn't find ask- the opportunity. It's an interesting thing with the genre of horror in general. 
while this one wasn't as like hereditary <laughs> as hereditary is, because I, I I think that's a good movie, but I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. But I'll definitely watch Nope again. I was having a conversation with some friends recently about some uh, Jordan Peele flicks, and I think Nope is my favorite. I think I like Nope. Oh wow, a, a touch cool. more than Get Out. And Jordan, you had looked up what our reviews were on those. Yeah. Which one was, what were the, which ones were they? Yeah. 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 Which both one of, was they? Both of the were two of you bought the poster and I bought the movie. Yeah. For Nope. Yep. Still Ask me poster. if my ratings changed. Has your rating changed? Nope. The, oh man. It nice. was right there. I had no idea what you were going to say, but it was right nice. there. Mm. It's early. Mine hasn't either. By the way, staying at staying at a buy. Staying at a buy. I think it's nearly perfect. We yeah. watched it for the podcast last summer because we had to because of the blood oath we signed with the dark podcast gods. I just want to point Do out you, that when we were trying to find the ratings, Doge complained about how much he talked during uh-huh. the rating part, and it's yeah. because you wax poetically. It's because there is no such thing as Doge saying, "Has your rating changed? Would you watch it again?" It's got to be. Flowery, if you beautiful will. picture of yeah, it's a weave. You are weaving a verbal who's, tapestry. Listen, who's gonna download an episode where some guy just talks? Everyone. You gotta make it cool. You gotta make it cool <laughs> when you talk. Hey, yeah. I'm not complaining about how much you talk. You were. <laughs> uh, do you guys? Uh, will you watch this again, even one time in your life? Very much so. Yes, me yeah. too. I actually 100%. can't wait. Now that I'm thinking about it again, I would really like to watch it again very soon. I think a yeah. great thing Same. about Nope is it doesn't. I mean, it does feel more appropriate in the fall to watch like October, November vibes around sure, spooky yeah. season. But it's probably one that, I guess Jordan Peele's done this a couple times with Get Out and even Us. I didn't like Us as much as his other two movies, but could kind of watch them at any time. They don't need to be reserved yeah. for yeah. a theme on the calendar. Man, Nope is a good movie. Man, that was great. Yeah, it's a really good movie. Very different. There's something interesting too, and we'll, we're going to do some reduce. Uh, again, and we'll go even further back. But I think something that's fun is something that Nope will probably have in that you really won't get anything that gets close to it in terms of theme. Yeah. Because you can't at that point, right? We talked about Wes Anderson. You can't look like Wes Anderson because you'll get in trouble and everyone will be like, come on, dude, you have some original thought. But I think there's definitely themes in Nope that he got them and and you can't do that again. I think that's sort of what sets... Jordan Peele apart is his ability to thematically Fresh. center his movies in a way that like it's not that he's above criticism by any means but because he is so thoughtful with the way that he like sets up the themes of his movies and delivers them and communicates them I just think that it kind of puts him in his own echelon up there with only a handful of other directors well, and he stakes his claim pretty firmly too like nobody's yeah. gonna do anything similar to anything that like get out nope or us right because he he made such a yeah. I don't know he's just like called yeah, <laughs> perpetual dibs on that thing yeah yeah that's his yeah very good we're gonna go to ads really quick and then we're gonna take a trip uh, to the crystal ball welcome back I think things have uh, I don't know about y'all but the lights in my house beginning to flicker a touch it's getting a little bit yeah. more dim. I'm seeing I'm seeing galaxies for some reason, even though I'm under a roof. I'm not mm. really sure what's going on. My mind's eye is beginning to open. Doge had a great idea of us making some predictions in the TV and movie business. This is something that's fun 
regardless. And I don't think we do enough of it. But it does feel like, does it feel like being on the podcast has allowed for you to more intimately uh, enjoy the movie realm than pre-podcast? What are the differences? Uh, yeah, for me. So. I think so for sure. There is something about knowing people are listening. Maybe that's why I bought <laughs> feel Love pressure. and Thunder. is because <laughs> I want people to feel loved. I want them to not feel alone. But sorry. Listening back to our review section. Listening back to our review section of that. Uh, it was, you were like, it's really like, it's, it's like no different really than Ragnarok. <laughs> like it's like pretty much like Ragnarok. And I liked Ragnarok. And like, I don't want to hurt Taika's feelings. Yeah, yeah. You re- you re- <laughs> you rate some movies, but especially that one, you rate it as though the movie itself might listen mm-hmm. to the podcast. You're just like Love and Thunder. I yeah. I see you. I it's see you for who you are. Listen, nobody's gonna say they like you. Everybody's gonna be against you, but I'm in your corner, Love I'm and in Thunder. Corner, love you and always thunder. got Carter. You always got. Don't me. I'm you here forget for you. it. <laughs> I'd love for each of us to look into our own crystal balls into the future and just make some prediction. Again, TV, movie, business. Uh, I don't mind going first here. Go. And mine is, is uh, it's got to do with this writer's strike. I did some research and the last writer's strike was just about 100 days long. And it was in 2011, maybe? 2008? It was a long time ago. And... I think I think my prediction, my bold prediction is the writer's strike will not end until the holiday season. Ooh. Mm. Um, which means it would more than double its time than before. Because I think this is because there's just so many other avenues for some of these production companies to make money. And I don't think they mind this runway that they've got. Yeah. They're not um, as incentivized to negotiate this time. Yeah, and it's so much easier to make stuff. I think back when we had our first writer's strike, there was a lot in the world. I mean, I remember there being, I don't really remember too much time in my life except for maybe six and under that it felt like there were like eight shows for me. Right. Uh, but even then, there was lots and lots out there. But good Lord, it's, you know, we come around the summer season and there's, I thought it was going to be a lull in things that I felt like I needed to watch. Then we got The Bear in Witcher season three and like all these things are coming out and it's just nonstop. It does feel overwhelming. How is Witcher season three? I haven't started it yet. Okay. I haven't I'm started out either on Witcher. Of yet. Like fully out on Witcher. Even I to didn't say even finish season two. Farewell to Cavill. Season two lost me completely. It I was did. Really it was a little it. bit jumpy. I think it's just a, it's a beautiful show. It's, it's eye candy. Yeah, it looks, it looks good and the choreography is awesome. Yeah, it's worth watching. But I think I this like writer's strike, two. for the reasons that I've stated, is going to be really long. And the hope is they're not just going to stick a pin in it and we'll talk again in, you know, five to 10 years. I would hope <laughs> that this stuff is just figured out because we've talked about maybe even last week how important the writing is. For movies, yeah. like you've got to have people are you're gonna feel it. I think especially in it feels like one of the main pulls to go ahead and get the writers back are these live sketch shows, SNL, our talk shows, our, our late night talk shows. But we might find yeah. out, you know, what, we don't really need this anymore. There is a bit of a burning away the dross in these scenarios in which it's like um, there's going to be some stuff that's just discontinued. But I think it's yeah. going to be much longer than it was last time. We're in the mid 60s right now in terms of what day we're on. I think it's like day 64 or day 65 when this episode releases. But I think the writer strike is going till past Thanksgiving. Yeah. I think the writers definitely have ultimately the upper hand here because 
<clears throat> whatever the studios want to do, I know that um, a lot of this particular strike has to do with um, potential AI involvement in script writing and writing for sketches and things like that. Um, and I know that there's a lot of questions around like what that would even look like and, you know, people's concerns about it replacing their jobs. But I also know that um, it just seems like in this version of events, eventually the writers win because, I mean, these are people that have been perfecting their craft and doing what they do for so long and giving us the shows that we love and the movies that we love. And um, I just don't think it is easy to replace that level of talent no. and that no level way. of experience. No. And no ultimately they're going to win. And so I, it wouldn't surprise me if the writer's strike went... 200 days, it wouldn't surprise me if it ends next week because the right. studios can see the writing on the wall and know that the sooner that they um, get this handled, the sooner they can start putting out new content. Because yeah, I think, the fact of the matter is, it, it's a one-to-one -one delay. Anything yeah. that's not done isn't going to get done on time with a 60-day delay. It's just not going to happen. So yeah. if they go to a 200-day delay, they're going to push a slate of projects. And if there's anything studios care about more than anything, it's losing investment. Well, that's, I mean, Disney's already pushed a ton of Marvel stuff. I don't know if you guys saw all the news, but every upcoming Marvel project has been pushed, some by up to like a year because of the, the WGA strike. Cool. And I think it's also because they're trying to let new Bob, who is old Bob, come in and take a little more control of the Disney side of things and, and stop like, I don't know. It's, it's the reign of old, the reign of previous Bob, Bob 2. Yeah, Bob uh, the Second was characterized. <laughs> Bob the Second, Bob the Lesser was characterized by a lot of these like Indiana Jones Five style projects, where it's like the yeah. most safe, like straight down the middle, like let's let's guarantee our investment back uh, and a real drop in quality. So it, I think the the Marvel delays themselves are are partially a response to WGA, but partially a chance to let uh, Bob the Greater take the take the reins again. Yeah. Very good. That's yeah. my prediction. Will mm. it happen? We'll obviously check in on those. That's a, that'll be enough of a headline that we'll be able to market. Yeah, yeah. I have a, a somewhat smaller prediction. Uh, and it is also related to the WGA strike. Um, my crystal ball is a lot smaller, so I couldn't fit all of that predicting in there. Mm. Uh, but what I can see in my crystal ball is that uh, Stranger Things 5 was supposed to begin production in May of this year. And because of the WGA strike, it did not. Oof. Uh, they did announce or rumor that Linda Hamilton is joining the cast, which is cool. That's fun. She's a good addition to that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I do think with the the rapid aging of our child stars and the WGA strike, I think Stranger Things 5, I think there's an equally likely chance that it gets retooled as like four hour and a half long episodes Oof. or or one movie. And people are not going to be happy with either. I don't, I just don't think, I think Stranger Things was on shaky legs going into season five because it kind of didn't really have a direction until season four. Mm -hmm. And I just, man, I think the WGA stuff and I think that the kids are going to be 25 by the time it comes out. Yeah. And I just <laughs> yeah. think people are, people are as a whole going to be like, oh man, that's yeah. a bummer. Millie might be too big. I mean, it feels like they have, unless she was contractually obligated to do X amount of seasons. I mean, if you lose 11, you shouldn't do it. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like it's easy to forget, though, that the last season of Stranger Things is the biggest season they've ever had. 
Yeah. I feel like it's easy to forget that they're coming off of the most momentum I've ever seen Stranger Things have. And I I also think that saying that it was directionless until season four is kind of an uncharitable read on the show. I think that it was... That's what we all said in our in our review of Stranger Things 4 last year, was that the kind of 11th hour came in and added Vecna to the story, which gave us a a, a big bad to fight at the end and like Legitimate an understanding of the stakes and the actual story of Stranger Things. Sure, I agree with that. I just don't know that that's the same thing as directionless until season four. I think that Stranger Things has built pretty decent momentum for four seasons. I, I just, I don't know that I see... I think what's, in my opinion, more likely is that Stranger Things season five is just weird. <laughs> they look yeah, older sure. and yeah. like, they're is that worse? Like <laughs> pretending to be young. I think that is worse. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather have, no, well, I don't know. I, I doubt it's a movie. I could see them doing like a abbreviated season though. Yeah. Just to go ahead and knock it out while they still look as young as they can humanly right. look. Uh-huh. Right. You like de-age someone sure. from, from 25 to 20. It's like, is that even <laughs> worth it? They did it. They did it for the kids in It Chapter 2. They Mm de-aged them to the age they were in It Chapter 1. Wow. There you go. Crazy. Them poor children. My crystal ball prediction is also vaguely writer's strike related. Not... It's not one-to-one, but it's close. That's the dark cloud that's looming over all future of entertainment, though, isn't it? So they've all got to be at least somewhat... You know, it is, but I think I have a unique relationship with the writer's strike due to my crystal ball prediction, which is because, uh, number one, I'm kind of down for get writers, take your time, get what you deserve. Yeah, I want 100%. you to, I want you yeah, to take yeah, yeah. the time and get that thing. Like, I, I don't know. I love writers. Writers are writers and directors and actors, like the, the people that make up the whole product each have such a unique role to play. And I just love the role that writers get to play. So get your money, baby. Do your thing. Do what you need to do. Take your time. The other reason I'm okay with them taking their time is I have a prediction. In 2020, when COVID hit, we were, Catley and I were like reality TV novices. We had done like Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, that whole thing. And by 2020, we had already bailed back out um, just because that particular brand of reality TV uh, became incredibly exhausting to me. Wild, yeah. Um, Bachelorette, just, Bachelorette season 20 is premiering, or had premiered That's a lot. Week. That's a lot. Is she, is she ever going to get married? It's <laughs> the same girl coming time, back right? 20 times. That's crazy. But it, you know, I found myself not really liking most of the people on it and not rooting for anybody and decided to stop watching. So in 2020, um, when we were quarantined, uh, Callie and I decided to uh, get a, at the time, CBS All Access uh, subscription and start to watch Survivor. We just knew enough people that loved Survivor and we thought it's time to do it. And we watched almost all of Survivor. We've seen almost every <laughs> season of Survivor. Now. We, I mean, we watched so much of it. And then last year, we decided to jump into Big Brother. And we started watching... We watched live season 24 and then we went back and we watched a lot of Big Brother. We're very good at binging things. It's one of our gifts. Um, Watched a ton of Big Brother. Then when we finished Big Brother, we watched a little bit of Amazing Race. Not really my speed, but I like it. It's fine. But then we went and watched MTV's The Challenge. Also now under the Paramount Plus umbrella with those other shows. And 
fell in love with the challenge. It's amazing. And here's, here's my prediction. Because in the last three years, the challenge, MTV's The Challenge has gone from one show to four separate shows all airing, I think, yearly. Um, they have regular The Challenge still airing, you know, season 39 supposed to come out either late this year or first thing next year. Um, but then they also started The Challenge USA, which just includes um, members of other CBS reality shows only. Uh-huh. So like... It, the first season had a Big Brother team, a Survivor team, an Amazing Race team, and a Love Island team. Um, and if you haven't if you haven't watched the challenge, it the challenges on that show put all other challenges from TV shows to shame. They are brutal and intense and cool. Yeah. Um, Very solid. Then, like I've yeah, seen it like at least kind one of, episode. Yeah, kind of. There's but a then key they, behind your eye. They also started the challenge All Stars. Do you want to play MTV's The Challenge, <laughs> which uh, includes. Uh, all returning players. There's no rookies in Challenge All Stars, and they actually just changed the format to where you have to have made it to a final to even play. So it's kind of like oh, I love that the playoffs. Shit, I know. I love. And that. then they also just started the Challenge World Championship, which is a 50% Challenge vet and 50% uh, the finalists from the Challenge USA and other challenges around the globe. So I predict. Say that we are in a competition reality resurgence. Uh-huh. And Here's I think the, the charge is being led by CBS and MTV. Like Paramount owns the day yeah. when it comes to reality competition. Yeah. And I think that this fall, I mean, this fall alone, we're getting Big Brother 25, Survivor 45, Challenge USA 2, Challenge All-Stars 4, and I think also season 39 of the challenge. All between Amazing. now and Christmas, I think. Amazing. What are you even going to do? Like, when do you eat? In between eps? <laughs> yeah. Just shovel I, some food in between eps? I think this is, I think you're right, Jordan. I think it's especially true because in, like, just right before this writer's strike, we started to get streaming platforms that weren't only having their own competition reality shows, but they were really good. The mole yep. was really good. And we we dug that up from 25 yeah. years ago. Right. Yeah. And we did Traders, which Alan Cummings has Traders said. Traders is amazing. Mm. Tra- Alan Cummings has said he's down for this to just be his swan song. Like he's just going to yeah. do this yeah. until he good. can't I do think it Traders anymore. is supposed to be two seasons a year as well, which means we'll probably get another one this fall. Come on. Yeah. I totally feel that. I think that's going to happen. Is there any part of you that's like, man, that shows the execs they can make money without writers? Because um, I'm like, I'm in between. Like, I'm excited for the wealth of competition reality shows coming our way. But also, it's just like, man, I hope execs aren't just like, oh, we'll just make this instead of scripted content. That's what All I'm these saying. shows already exist, though. Yeah, that's true. I think, it, I think if we saw a bunch of new, like, halfway done, half-baked reality shows just trying to… Yeah make money without trying, then that would bother me. But every show I mentioned already existed pre-Rider Strike and yeah. was already quality. And all of the shows, but especially The Challenge, is on the upswing right now. Like their budget, their yeah. quality, and the intensity of competition is like super high right now. Yeah, cool. And I just think that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, for Survivor, all you do is just buy rice. You buy about... 50 pounds of rice, and that's all that's it costs. The, their only budget. You, you, don't, be the need most you don't need a writer to ever. buy rice. No. You need that's what to Jeff said on the podcast. List. On the podcast, Jeff Probst was like, we already got the cameras, guys. 
That's the big, <laughs> that's the big money part. We just fly yeah. people out and buy rice. I know a guy who's got about 15 or 16 boats. Dude, we got it, man. Let's do this. <laughs> Um, well, Dunkirk this season of Survivor. Oh, I do award have shows are once, so written too, which is wild to me. Go yeah. Ahead. Oh, yeah. No, well, they're going to be postponed. Have, award shows. That's how reliant people can be. Our, uh, can be that's our what I'm saying. The writers writing. win this eventually. All right. One yeah. way or another, oh, yeah. the writers win this. They, have, they hold all the cards. Uh, I do have one tiny, one tiny clear the cue crystalline. cards. They hold all the cue cards. <laughs> I have one small marble next to my crystal ball. And in this small marble, it says the James Mangold Star Wars movie is going to get taken away from him. Please. Because Indiana Jones did $60 million on opening weekend out of a reported $300 million budget. That's bad. Which is probably more than that because of all the visual effects and how often that it was a straight up rip of the Polar Express. Uh, but I think James Mangold's Star Wars movie about the first ever Jedi is going to get taken away from him. because Dang. I'm not, I mean, nobody's sad about it. It's like, oh, okay. Dang. I am, because I'm a man of the people. Love and Thunder is the greatest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> to end today's episode, <laughs> if you were able to plug yourself in to the writer's room of a show that's currently running, where, where do you fit best? Hmm. I'm Carter, and I, I mean, I would love being on a late night show. And writing for that. couple, like, help out with some opening monologues. Midge Maisel, some stuff out there. Maybe I get my mm. own shot. But I think I, I would love that. It's a lot. I mean, that's got to be the, one of the most high-stress writing jobs is because you're doing it five nights a week. But yeah. I think I would love that. I think it fits. Yeah. I think it'd be incredibly fun to be, well, I'm Doge. And I think it'd be fun to be Doge. Uh, I know it'd be fun to be Doge. I think yeah. it'd be fun. To be on the writing team for like a nature doc. Uh, yeah, be like, oh, let's go, here, let's, let's go here and look for tigers. You think there's tigers here? Let's go look for tigers. And we find a tiger and be like, this is Samantha. She's protecting her cub from the <laughs> winter Samantha. this fall. <laughs> this tiger's name is Beverly. <laughs> this is Peter the sun bear. <laughs> <laughs> This dung beetle's name is Stephen. Stephen rolls the dung. Like Dolores all other orca. male crocodiles of his age, Terence pretends to be a log. <laughs> I could simply watch this for hours. <laughs> um, I'm Jordan, and SNL, man. It just sounds yeah. so fun. I love... Uh, I mean, even when SNL is not funny, I love the thrill of the live element the of it. The culture it's the only of it is fun. That like yeah. does that anymore, and um, I just think that like all the writers are so cool, and like this cast is really excellent and fun and interesting. And I just, um, you know, if I had an opportunity to be in the same writers' room as Colin Jost and Sarah Sherman right now, like how fun it would be. A thrill, a thrill and a half, even. And so, yeah, I would love to write for SNL. Yeah, I think I would enjoy writing with those people, but not on their schedule in their hours, because that the job itself seems terrible to me. <laughs> yeah, but stress. I can tend to lean towards the nocturnal a bit, and so I think that I would do very well there. Um, I'm sleepy. I'm yeah, sleepy. I'm the sleepy time yeah. tea bear come to life. Sleepy. Speaking of nocturnal, it is only <laughs> at night 
that Esteban, the vampire bat, and his friends <laughs> make their way for breakfast. A breakfast of bugs and blood. <laughs> blood breakfast. <laughs>